Hello and welcome to Bible Truth Feed. So, does it matter what we believe if we are Christians? Is it important that we attach ourselves to a particular denomination of the Christianity religion? Or does it really matter at all? Are we free to attend any church which we like and worship God in the way we want to? Well, this short talk is called Why It Matters What We Believe. So there's a strong inclination there that it does matter. And this speaker is going to demonstrate in this short talk, he's going to show us the danger of thinking that we're okay to believe whatever we want to believe, and that this is true. Not only in in disciplines like engineering, but even more so in religious beliefs, God and the Bible do not change. There is one consistent message. So there is no justification for having different denominations within a particular religion. There can only be one truth. And we live in an era where truth is promoted as the the thing to have. Everybody speaks truth and we are wrong to criticise anybody who does not follow or adopt that particular style. But the Bible clearly teaches this is not right. There is only one truth and one way to worship the true and living God, the God of Israel. So I hope you enjoy this class. It's about 17 minutes long. It's by Brother Peter Anderton, who is a Christadelphian. And we hope you enjoy it. Please, as always, leave us any comments or message if you wish and uh, we'll do our best to pick it up and and perhaps post it thank you very much enjoy the podcast hello everyone and welcome to christadelphian events does it matter what you believe does it matter which faith you follow aren't they all just different paths to god in fact, thinking about it, does it does it even matter whether you believe in God or not? Because let's face it, if God really is a God of love, then surely as long as you've lived a decent life, you'll be up for a reward when you get to the end of it. Isn't that how it works? Well, that's what friends have said to me. Um, and it sounds good, but I'm afraid that they're wrong. It does matter what you believe. And that's what we're going to look at today. If you haven't tuned in before, this live stream is part of an initiative arranged by Christadelphianvideo.org to help us all understand more about the message of the Bible, which reveals to us God's plan and purpose with the earth. So before we watch today's class, we'll seek God's blessing on our time together. Lord God, we thank you for this time that we can look into your word. We thank you for giving us the Bible, which tells us all we need to know about you and your son, the Lord Jesus, and about us and this world that we live in. 
and what we need to do. Please bless this talk that we share. May all that we do be done to your honour and your glory. In Jesus' name, Amen. So today's talk uh, is by Peter Anderton and his subject is Why it matters what we believe. If you've got a Bible, please have it open and be ready to use it. Um, Good, always good to take notes and, and even write down questions because the uh, the team at christadelphianvideo.org uh, always love to hear from you. So I'll ask uh, Stuart to start the video and we'll begin. My name is Peter Anderton and I'd like to welcome you on behalf of Mumbles Christadelphians. It's a Bible-based community that seeks to focus their beliefs and their behaviours on the Bible as the Word of God. But nowadays there are a whole range of perspectives about whether it even matters what you believe. And I want to spend a bit of time considering that uh, on, on today's talk. We are familiar, I'm actually an engineer by training, we're familiar from an engineering perspective that certain things are a certain way. You know, for example, if, uh, if somebody on a production line making cars decides that they actually want to start wiring up the car differently or creating different connections within the car, actually, you and I know that if they just decide it doesn't matter the way things are done, actually things are going to start to unravel very, very quickly and you could end up with some pretty dreadful circumstances. Or, or if it comes to an, you know, an electrician decides that, do you know what, I, I can swap my black and my, my red round and, and actually the earth doesn't really matter. These can all go in, I'll just connect them up as I wish. Things are not going to work. Uh, you, you, you find traffic lights, somebody decides that red should be green, green should be red. I mean, you don't need me to spell this out one way science, somebody decides they don't apply, all sorts of disaster happens. Go into the world of mathematics. Let's imagine that somebody decided that, well, for me, three plus three equals seven. That, that's my truth. That's my perspective. That's the way I'd like to look at it. Well, you start undermining the whole world of mathematics in that way, and you'll have bridges falling down, ships sinking, you know, dams uh, being swept aside by the, the weight of the water behind them. There's a reason that certain things are what they are. It matters what we believe about a number of situations around us. We don't question those things. We're quite happy to work with those. But of course, we don't question those things because they don't expect anything of us. And this has been an issue going all the way back through to Bible times. Let me just give you an example. Here's a situation where uh, the Apostle Peter and John, they've just healed a lame man. This is after uh, Jesus has ascended up into heaven. Uh, and they've healed a lame man just outside the temple. And the authorities are not too happy about this because they're busy preaching Jesus Christ uh, and all that he can do to save those around from sin and from death. And here's what we read. The Jewish leaders uh, say this. This is taken from Acts chapter 4. Uh, I'm going to kick off at verse 13. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Now, when they, that's the Jewish leaders, saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled 
and they realized that they had been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For indeed, that a notable miracle has been done through them is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem. We cannot deny it. But so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them, that from now on they speak to no man in this name. So they called upon them and commanded them not to preach at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. It's a remarkable situation, isn't it? They're saying nobody can deny that a remarkable miracle has taken place. Nobody, nobody in the entire city. All of them regularly saw this man sitting outside the temple. He was lame uh, and now he's up there standing on his feet uh, and able to walk. But they weren't prepared to accept it. And I think sadly, the answer to the dilemma in which we find ourselves, we have right at the beginning. People ultimately believe what they choose to believe. But the best thing we can be doing if we propose to follow Christ is to base our beliefs upon what he teaches and the instructions he uh, and his apostles have actually left for us. So what's the Bible's perspective? Well, just before we get to the Bible's perspective, let me just share some slides with you here. Whilst we don't question things from an engineering perspective, when it comes to spiritual matters, you get sort of phrases like, well, one pathway to truth is as good as another. Um, you know, defender of faiths is what Prince Charles has said he would like to become rather than defender of the faith. And, you know, the phrase is anyway, we're all going to the same place. It doesn't matter as long as you're sincere. There's only one religion, although there are a hundred versions of it. You know, how can you possibly say that? How can you possibly say there is only one biblical truth uh, and everything else flows from that? Just turn with me to the second letter of Timothy, chapter three, uh, and we'll pick up at verse 14. We're going to read through to the end, uh, verse four uh, of chapter four. And here's what the, mess the message that the Apostle Paul has for Timothy but you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, truly equipped for every good work. I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. So scripture makes it very, very clear that this time in which we live now was known. It was understood. This time was coming. But what does the Bible say? Well, well, the Bible says right from the beginning of the Bible, the first five books, Deuteronomy 6, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. This is a fundamental principle that the Jews are taught in the Old Testament. In Exodus 34, they're told, Thou shalt worship no other God for the Lord whose name is jealous, whose name is jealous is a jealous God. 
Uh, and on Isaiah 45, we read that there is no God beside me. Let's just have a look at that, actually. I'll read a few more verses for you. Isaiah 45, we'll pick up at verse 5. I am the Lord and there is no other. There is no God beside me. I will gird you, though you have not known me, that they may know from the rising of the sun to its setting that there is none beside me. I am the Lord and there is no other. I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create calamity. I, the Lord, do all these things. There is only one God. And the Bible makes that principle abundantly clear. Uh, the Bible also recognises that there is only one faith. You know, 1 Corinthians 8 verse 4. We know that an idol is nothing in the world. There is none other God but one. But Ephesians 4 explains to us there's not just one lord but there is one faith let me just read to you verses four to six there is one body and one spirit just as you were called in one hope of your calling one lord one faith one baptism one god and father of all who is above all and through all and in you all there is no multitudinous version of god all the faith there's one lord but there's one faith it's the same principle in terms of there being one saviour. If we just come to actually Acts chapter 4. So this is the piece that Peter was, and John were preaching before they're pulled up in Acts chapter 4 by the Jewish leaders here. And this is what we read. Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said unto them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all and to all people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And that's very clear. If you accept the Bible, you have to recognize that there is salvation in none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. It is not to be found elsewhere. And, and the principle of then trying to find other ways and other routes to salvation, then it's no different to what's going on around us today. But if you accept what the Bible teaches, you have to recognize that there is only one faith, only one Lord, only one Savior. Uh, in John chapter 14, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. Uh, and the Bible says that they do not change, that, that God and Jesus, uh, they're not changing, they're not different. They are the same through all eternity. So Malachi chapter 3 verse 6 talks about the fact that you know, God says, I am the Lord, I change not. So a lot of people find that they believe there's a different God in the Old Testament to the New Testament. That's not true at all. It's the same God all the way through the Bible. And all of these parts of the Bible come together. And we have to understand God in all his facets. God does not change. Uh, in fact, let's have a look at Hebrews chapter 13. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. And then it goes on to say, do not be carried about with various and strange doctrines. It's really clear that the message is a consistent message and has not changed down through the ages. In fact, actually, um, if we just come to uh, Matthew chapter 15, 
where we find that you know, there are people that have tried to change God's word. So Matthew 15 uh, and verses uh, 1 to 9. Uh, then the scribes and Pharisees who were from Jerusalem came to Jesus saying, Why do your disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. He answered and said unto them, why do you also transgress the commandment of God because of your tradition? For God commanded, saying, honour your father and your mother, and he who curses father or mother, let him be put to death. But you say, whosoever says to his father or mother, whatever profit he may have received from me is a gift to God. They develop this, this tradition that instead of looking after their parents, they could donate whatever they said they would have spent on their parents to the temple, and then they would have no responsibility to their parents. It was just a bizarre perspective you know you say whoever says to his father or mother whatever profit you might have received from me is a gift to god then he need not honor his father or mother thus you have made the commandment of god of no effect by your tradition hypocrites well did Isaiah prophesy about you saying these people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips but their heart is far from me and in vain they worship me teaching as doctrines the commandments of men and then just look up at verse 14 here and he says you know let them alone they are he describes the the jewish leaders as blind leaders of the blind and if the blind leads the blind both will fall into a ditch uh, we find in uh, in galatians galatians chapter one so Paul writes a letter and, and he's, he's, he does his usual introductions at the start of a letter to the Ecclesiastes in Galatia. Uh, but before he's even, you know, he's pretty much said hello. And in verse six, he dives straight into a very, very powerful message, quite an urgent message. I marvel, he says in verse six of Galatians one, that you're turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another. But there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached of you, let him be accursed. If we said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches another gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. In fact, so the New King James says, I marvel you're turning away to a different gospel, which is not another. Uh, the NIV says, which is no gospel at all, that they've tried to change the gospel into something else. And he says, that's no longer the gospel. You can't take that and turn it into something else. We could go on. There's, there's so much we could actually say uh, about this. In fact, First uh, Timothy chapter 1, actually, let's just look at that one for a moment. Uh, and verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God, our Savior, and the Lord Jesus Christ, our hope. Remember, he's starting his letter. These are the first words, just as in the letter to the Galatians. To Timothy, a true son in the faith, grace, mercy and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. As I urged you when I went into Macedonia, remain in Ephesus, that you may charge some that they teach no other doctrine, nor give heed to fables and endless genealogies, which cause disputes rather than godly edification, which is in faith. And the purpose of the commandment is love from a pure heart, from a good conscience, from sincere faith, from which some having strayed have turned aside to idle talk, desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor the things which they affirm. So all the way through, we see very, very clear messages throughout the New Testament. It wasn't a case of take what you like, pick what you want, 
change what you don't like. There was a very, very clear message from Jesus and from the apostles to say, here is the gospel message. Don't change it. Don't turn it into something else. It matters what you believe. Uh, and so it's time for us to start to bring our thoughts to a close. But let's just summarize where we've got to at this stage. First of all, now the Bible teaches there's only one God and there's only one way to be saved from death. There's only one way to salvation, uh, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Clearly that both God and Jesus do not change. They are a constant and that teachers of different things are to be accursed. You know, their teaching is not the gospel. So if we have a wrong belief, we don't have the gospel. And if we don't have the gospel, there's no hope. There's no saving from death. We can't take it and change it into something else to suit our own preferences. If we believe the Bible is the word of God, we must accept then that other faiths are wrong. It's, it's not meant to be a, a difficult or an unpopular statement. It's just a recognition that you can't have both. If you accept the Bible is the truth, you can't accept that other writings and faiths are true as well. You can't put the two together side by side. And we must accept that it contains only one gospel, not multiple gospels, not pick your own gospel, but the gospel message that's revealed for us by Jesus and by the apostles. Because it's not just a case of looking at this from an engineering perspective and saying, well, actually, if you change what you believe, it really is a matter of life and death. All sorts of catastrophes and disasters could happen. Actually, what we're looking at here is even more fundamental than that, because there is one offer of hope, one offer of salvation, one Lord, one God, one truth. And we either accept it and we see a way to life and to hope uh, and the wonderful things that can be offered in God's kingdom, or we reject it and decide we've got a different version that we would rather use, that we would rather take forwards. You know, if you're looking for the truth, Search well and believe God's word, not men's, because it really is a matter of life and death. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure spending some time with you today. Well, thank you very much for joining us today. I'll echo Peter's words. I thought that was a, a very compelling and very interesting. There is, there are absolute truths. As Peter said, three plus three is six. We accept that in the physical uh, domain. As far as God is concerned, there is absolute truth, what is right and what is wrong there is the way to come to him which is jesus christ and uh, as peter said it's not just a case of whether your car works or not it's a matter of life and death we uh we saw a plug for the uh that was a talk 
by the Mumbles, for the Mumbles Christadelphians, and we saw a plug for their website. There are lots of good stuff on the uh, the internet. Of, of course, christadelphianvideo.org has a lot of material um, on their website. If you go to cdvideo.org, have a look in the About tab, you'll find many videos and articles about what uh, makes Christadelphians different from mainstream Christianity. Um, another good source of uh, information is the Glad Tidings magazine. If you go to uh, gladtidingsmagazine.org, there are all kinds of uh, articles on all kinds of subjects that uh, I'm sure you would find very interesting. Back, back here, uh, we stream two classes a week here on Facebook. God willing, these classes are on a Sunday at 2.30, which this was meant to be, uh, except we had a bit of a glitch. Sunday 2.30pm, where we have the Introduction to the Bible episode. And then on Thursdays at 6.30 in the evening, at uh, the same place, there's a more in-depth Bible class for those who want to, uh, to find out more. Next Sunday's class, God willing, is on the subject Family Life in the Lord, and the speaker is Michael Owen. So, once more, thank you very much for, for watching, and uh, may God bless your, uh, your looking into his truth.